We both have trauma. We both have addiction. How do we find recovery? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. Brandon, it's good to see you, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> doing great, man. Had a great weekend. Saw your kids over the weekend. Um, you're, very... you're, you're uncle of the year, man. You're just like the favorite uncle right now. <laughs> Whatever. I only saw them for probably maybe a total of 15 minutes because it was actually just a girl's night out. They, my, you know, my daughters got with your daughters and their other cousins and basically just had a whole night together as cousins and they, my kids had a really great time. You know, I'm really well, glad that they were able just, to do it. Shout out to your daughters. Like, I, I don't know if they, if they really know how much that means to my kids and just, uh, so just so you all know, Tyler's daughters are a bit older than mine and they just took my girls out and did like facials and went out to eat and went swimming and all kinds of stuff. So they're just, they're just awesome cousins. So I really appreciate that. It was really cool. I, I, the feedback I got from my two older daughters who are quite a bit older than your kids, they said, basically, dang, we should have done this a lot sooner, dad. Like this was, this was really good for us to just have, we had a really good time. They had fun and they enjoyed their, their company with their cousins. And so it was actually really cool. Awesome. Yeah. I love the bonding. Yeah. So, Yeah. All right, let's jump in here with Chadwick. Chadwick, wel- welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. It's great to be here. Uh, if you could just give us some context, tell us your story a little bit, and uh, ask away. Right on. Um, well, um, my, uh, I guess by Canadian law, we're common law spouse because we've been together six years, uh, but we're not married. Um, we... Um, we came into this relationship, you know, like most couples, you know, the honeymoon phase, everything was great. Um, you know, we both had our own individual activities and stuff we did together as well too. Um, but we both came into this relationship, not knowing that we both had childhood or teenage trauma as well as, um, addictions that we were keeping hidden from each other. Um, when we first started dating, I was honest with her and I did let her know that I watched pornography, but she didn't think anything of it. And I didn't really think it was a serious thing, um, but I've discovered that it was. Um, and, you know, I've been um, listening to these podcasts and watching YouTube videos and, and doing work on myself um, since late June. Um, I started formal therapy in September. Um, We've been in an in-house separation since May. Um, she often talks about moving out to her mother's house, but she hasn't made that leap yet. Um, I don't know if because it's she sees changes in me. Um, and then um, I, I did do a formal disclosure uh, at the end of June. Um, she ended up doing a disclosure um, of her addiction in uh, July. Um, I've, uh, I've also been able to share vulnerably a few times, which has been very hard for me because I've always been uh, 
you know, wallflower, a shy, quiet, introverted guy. Um, and uh, one thing I haven't done yet with her is like a formal apology letter. Um, when I did share vulnerably, she's like, you know, I'd still like you to write that letter and give it to me. So basically my addiction is pornography and masturbation. Her addiction, uh, which totally caught me by surprise. Um, it didn't make me angry because at that point I've done enough work that I was just shocked, but I had compassion and empathy for her. Um, she was a crystal meth user. Um, but there were no indications of it. Like there were no acting out behaviors that I noticed. There was no, you know, physical changes with her face or teeth. So I, I never suspected anything like that. And she did disclose to me that she had been doing it our entire six year relationship. And before that, um, you know, I've worked on forgiving myself for it. And in all our discussions, she said that she has not been able to forgive herself yet for it. Um, she doesn't, really want to do therapy yet she was always against it um but a few weeks ago she did say that she might consider therapy um there was a slow i mean most relationships there isn't one big thing that happens and then you know distance happens this was a slow thing that kept happening um because of my addiction, you know, I wouldn't really be sexual that often. She's most, she's forgiven, forgiven me for the porn, but she's most upset about um, the fact that she always had to initiate sex and that sometimes we went weeks and months without having sex. Hmm. And there's a bunch of other stuff there too. Like she comes from a broken family. Her father was an alcoholic and he left. So it was a single mother working two jobs for three kids. So not being there emotionally for them or even disciplining them. Um, my family life was pretty good. My parents were always there. Um, I think my addiction and acting out behavior came traumatically through middle school and high school um, because I didn't really date much in those years. I would be teased a lot, mostly by girls. Um, you know, oh, Chad doesn't have a girlfriend. He doesn't date anyone. You know, he might be gay and stuff like that. And, and that, I guess, I didn't realize till a few months ago what kind of an impact that had on me. And I think that's why I sunk into the pornography. And it was it was literally daily. If I was stressed out, I would do it. Um, I'm at the point in recovery now where I am still failing a little bit, but it's usually two or three times a week. It's not every day. And I still get down on myself about that. But my therapist said, you know, Chad, you are in recovery. You've got it down to two, three days a week instead of every day. He's like, you have to take some pride in that too. It's a long process. Okay. Tyler, do you have questions? There's a lot here. So <clears throat> Chadwick, we we have a lot of different directions that we could go. There's the there's the relational stuff, there's the individual stuff, but there's the whole idea of what recovery is. Like um where what's gonna be the most effective use of the time that we have with you today? Where would you like to go? I like for me right now, being honest the relationship is the most important thing to me. She means everything to me. Even, even in my disclosure, I, you know, I told her that not only do I still love her and never stop loving her, but I'm still in love with her. Cause I know those are two different things, loving someone and being in love with someone. 
And she admitted the same thing to me that she is still in love with me, but there's Mm -hmm. still this distance. And I know I might still have to get to a certain point in my recovery to continue showing up in a healthy, you know, masculine way and stuff like that. But I still find myself faltering and stuff like that. We're working on bids for connection and all those kinds of things. So there has been progress, but we're still like pretty distant. And I don't know, I don't really know what I'm missing, what I'm not doing enough of, or it's just compassion, empathy, and consistency over time, because she has gotten a lot better in these past few months. When I first did this disclosure, like she was spiraling. She even, you know, let me know that she wanted to move out um, October of 2021. And she's still been here the whole time. I know her living downstairs, like in a separate room is emotional space. And if I kept being needy and pushy that she would have moved out to her mother's a while ago for that physical space, but she hasn't done that yet. She keeps saying, I'm compassionate. I'm empathetic. I'm a good guy. I'm not a bad person because of this. She, she keeps lifting me up. She, you know, like, even if she asks for favors or for me to pick her up from work, she tells me, you know, it's okay. If I say no, she's almost giving me my healthy boundaries as well too. So I'm just confused because she's not like, Oh, I hate you. I want to move out and get away. So it's kind of this limbo unsure area that I don't know what to do in this kind of situation when she doesn't want to do her work, but she sees the work I'm doing and she's proud of me and happy for me. And I see that it has been helping her as well. Um, so, uh, God, I have a lot, just like you, Tyler, I have a lot on my mind of where, where I could take this. Um, I just want to, I want to put this out there and, and Tyler, I'd love your kind of thoughts on this. So, um, Sue Johnson, um, she created emotionally focused couples therapy and basically in EFT, they say you need to deal with the addictions first before you can really get down to the intimacy and the connection piece of things. Right. Um, Gottman, on the other hand, says that the relationship can can be a very important part of the healing process and can be an asset through through that process of healing through addiction. Um, what what I see is that the relationship can be really detrimental if there's a lot of codependency in that relationship and there's too much unhealthy attachment. The relationship can be very beneficial to the recovery process if that codependency is not there and support is there for each other to actually, um, you know, support each other through that process of recovery. Um, Tyler, what, what do you think on that? No. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a challenging place to be in because I think traditionally what we would say is you're not going to really have a lot of success in your relationship unless the individual issues of the addictions are being addressed because in addressing those things, in essence, you're also addressing the relationship because you're you're building trust by doing the work that that your own recovery would demand. And in doing that work, over time, that's what would re- help to rebuild the trust. Now, <clears throat> with that said, if if I'm in a relationship, like I guess my question to you, Chad, is given the fact that you guys have traveled the road that you've currently traveled, yep. it sounds like 
however it came out, you guys are both on the same page now where there's at least transparency. There's transparency in your past history together. There's also some level of transparency in the work that each of you are willing to do. Yes. Is that true? There is, yes. So, so in a sense, there's at least the makings of the beginning parts of allowing trust to be being reestablished, even if she's not fully on board with like formal recovery work just yet. Okay. Right. So, so now you're going to have to make choices to say, okay, if she decides not to do any of that recovery work, let's say, I don't know if she's continuing to relapse or not right now. Uh, she told me that she's not, um, I know something like crystal meth is not easy to get off on your own. You do need therapy and treatments and stuff like that. But I know that she is a trustworthy, honest, compassionate person. And she said that she hasn't been using it for over a year. Okay. Oh, wow. So I'm hoping that's true. And, and based on everything I've learned about crystal meth, as soon as she told me, like I read everything about the symptoms um, of it, um, the behaviors, um, withdrawal symptoms and stuff like that. And she has matched all those, all those things. Um, so I, I truly do hope she is off it. I don't think she'd be lying to me at this point about it. We've been pretty honest about everything. Um, and I even told her as soon as she told me about it, I started doing research on it so that I could help her in any way I could. And that was part of our problem too. As soon as I learned about meth, like the sad irony is I've read that meth, like most other addictions, you know, unnaturally increase your dopamine levels. And mm -hmm. once you're off the addictions, you, your, bo you, your body has to regulate dopamine back to a normal level. And I've read certain studies that oxytocin, the cuddle drug, the love drug, um, oftentimes helps people with meth addictions and stuff like that. And that's one thing that really lacked in our relationship again was the, the closeness, the cuddling, the hugging, because sometimes I would pull away from her and stuff like that. Um, I feel horrible, hor horrible about it too, because there were times where she'd be off one day for work and I'd wake up in the morning, have my coffee and breakfast and I wouldn't wake her up and I'd let her sleep. And that's all she wanted me to do sometimes was just wake her up in the morning, enjoy her mornings together. And she could go back to sleep if she wanted to. And the same thing would happen at night. If we're watching a show in the evening and we both passed out on the couch, if I woke up, I went to bed and I didn't wake her up and say, sweetie, let's go to bed together. I would leave her there. And I just imagined how empty and hollow and unneeded I would feel if she did that to me. Well, you, you, you talk about how you struggle to initiate sex and you go for months at a time without having sex. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> has your, like, have you looked at sexual anorexia as an issue? I have. Yeah. In, and I learned, treatment? yeah, I've discussed that intimacy and sexual anorexia with my therapist because I first learned that from you guys. I'm like, oh, geez, I might struggle with that, too. I know I've also had, like, financial anxiety as well for various reasons. Um, and, and that was one thing that also caused a rift in our relationship because at, at first, you know, we were both paying bills and the rent, and then she stopped contributing to that, too. And I'm wondering, like, why is she not contributing with the rent or bills? And rather than discuss it with her and share with her vulnerably, I would usually get upset and shut down. Like, that was my go-to, not fight or flight, but freeze. I would always mm -hmm. freeze. I wouldn't know what to say. And that would make things worse. And she's like, why aren't you saying anything? And my brain would just freeze. And because of my therapy, like, I know why that happens. I go from the frontal cortex, right to the amygdala. You know what I mean? And I just freeze up. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I never discussed that openly with her too. Um, so that that's another thing that kind of just made me pull away when I didn't want to. It's interesting because I hear you pulling away by shutting down, but you're not actually pulling away. You're, you're actually pursuing the relationship in a lot of ways by getting into recovery and you're doing that for yourself, but also like you're wanting to save the relationship. And now you're, now you're going overboard and being willing to pay all of the bills when you thought the agreement was to share the bills. And so in yeah. some ways it's like this weird dynamic where you're pursuing and chasing the relationship, but emotionally there's this like wall that's sort of there that's keeping you at arm's length. So it's, it's kind of like a push pull where you're like, I don't want her to leave. I, I'm scared that she's thinking about leaving, but I'm also resenting her because I'm paying all the bills and it feels like maybe there's times when I'm investing more in the relationship than, than it feels like she is. And, and then that resentment kicks in and shuts you down and then there's more disconnect anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing that unfortunately happened was, um, back in October, that's when things October of 2021, that's when things really got worse because she wasn't completely sure about all these COVID vaccines. So she refused to get them and she was put on unpaid leave from her job that she's worked at for 16 years in long-term care. Oh, wow. And then she was unemployed for six months and she just got incredibly depressed. Um, like cripplingly depressed. Yeah. And that contributed to, to, and that's when she really started to spiral and she started to, she was on social media a lot to just occupy herself. Um, Cause she, she possibly does have ADHD as well. She hasn't been formally diagnosed, but I've read a lot about it and I see a lot of the symptoms there. And from that point, getting put on unpaid leave from her work, um, she started to get into a lot of conspiracy theories because I know her sense of truth and reality were skewed because of that, because of our trauma and our relationship situation too. But I've noticed too, in the past few months, she's been veering away from that stuff. Even her stepfather is like, have you noticed she's talking a lot less about conspiracy theories and stuff? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's a good thing though. Cause she's starting to ground herself in reality again and wanting to do healthy activities that she liked before, like painting. She wants to take up Kung Fu and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. just trying to encourage her and stuff like that. But we're still in this place where like, I'm, I just don't know what to do. I'm going to keep doing my work, but I Ch don't. Chadwick, what's, what's uh, like, say more about her resistance to, to getting treatment or help. Like that she doesn't want to do anything or. She, she doesn't want to because in her mind, um, therapy, she just assumed that if she gets diagnosed with ADHD or depression, that they're just going to medicate her. And I told oh. her it's, it's only psychiatrists that will medicate you. You're going to mm -hmm. see a counselor or a therapist like I have, and they give you mental and physical tools to work on yourself. They don't give you any medication. And I think that started because of all this vaccination stuff and she, you know, distrusting of pharmaceutical companies and stuff like that gotcha. to a degree who can blame her, but she's afraid of being right. medicated for one problem. And then that medication is going to numb her out in another way. I see. But I find that ironic too, considering that she was a meth user and stuff like that. And that is horrible for your body. But along with me, she knows three other people who have been in, in therapy and how much it's helped. It sounds, like, like, it sounds like you've gotten on a really good path in terms, in terms of the help that you've gotten and the things that you've done is from starting therapy in September until now. 
Yeah. Um, and it's got to be frustrating a little bit, believing in that and engaging in that and finding some success and wanting her to heal, but her being resistant like that um, because of those fears. Yeah. And, and, and so that's gotta be, it's gotta be hard. Um, the, the fact of the matter is, and I'll say this and you know, it, uh, you can't work her recovery for her. Yeah. You, you can't. And in a lot of ways, what you're doing is the best thing yes. you possibly can do, which is you're working your own and you're trying to figure out how to be empathetic and compassionate and patient with her. Absolutely. Um, and and that can be hard for you. I, like I want to empathize with you of how yeah. how hard that struggle is when you love her so much and you want what's best for her. I do. It is hard. There's when a, I get in those. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. Uh, when I get in those difficult moments, like I'm at the point now where I'm able to recognize and sit in those emotions rather than act out on them. You know what I mean? I've I've learned yeah. so much in these past six months that. I'm, I'm catching myself and I'm learning things too, because even throughout the years, like I never suspected she had ADHD until her brother's girlfriend mentioned that. I'm like, Oh my God, I never considered that. And she checks like nine out of the 10 boxes for what's called inattentive ADHD. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I would handle those situations with her incorrectly. Like I didn't know why it seemed like she was ignoring me you know why she always had to play loud music in the kitchen when she was cooking and i understand it's to help regulate her thoughts and her ignoring me isn't done purposely or purposefully you know it's just her brain taking a few other seconds to react to it and stuff like that so a lot of times i'd like raise my eyebrows or roll my eyes or let out those sighs and i think back to that like oh my god the the ways i reacted to her just break my heart when I think about it because I wasn't mm-hmm. aware of these things. And now I show up totally differently, just compassionate, empathetic. You know, I, I've got my healthy boundaries, but sometimes I still fail in those because I want to make her happy. But I know when I say no, you know, sorry, I can't pick you up from work or do this because I'm busy or I'm, I'm really tired that she says it's okay. Every time she asks for a favor, she always tells me it's okay if you say no. So I've just realized, you know, all these things now that I was doing incorrectly and stuff. So I'm just trying to continue to work on myself and be there for her, knowing that I can't do her work for her and trying not to get down or feel hopeless or give up because she doesn't feel like doing her work yet. Yeah. I think, I think I'm hearing like in what you're saying, Chad, like you're kind of walking what's what's typically a really fine line between what I love about what I'm hearing is, is you're taking responsibility for your own self and you're looking at all these things you're learning and going, oh, these are things that I could do differently or I could do better. That's the healthy side. And some people often let that trickle over into the unhealthy side of, therefore, I'm going to take accountability for everything, mm-hmm. including her her need to still have her own, you know, her own process. And I think you're trying to walk that line pretty well. I want to go back to what Brandon said, because I think this is really important to understand is that, you know, your question was, how do I help the situation? How do I help things go right in my relationship? And I, I would say, you know, there's a, there's a concept in, like in graduate school, when you're getting ready to be a therapist, they teach you about a theory called systems theory. And in systems theory, the idea is, is that they look at a family as a complete system. And what they'll say is, it doesn't necessarily take all people in the system to do the changing. 
the the theory says any change in any part of the system will will facilitate a change in the entire system. Okay. And so and so basically if you go get busy doing the learning you're doing, confronting the demons that you have in your own past, overcoming your fears, stepping into a wholehearted way of living, getting yourself sober, by nature of doing that work, there will every every little bit of work that you do there is an invitation for every other part of the system, including her, to have to make new choices. Okay. And she'll she'll either come along with you, and this is where it gets scary for people. And this is where I right. see people actually bog down their own recovery is, is that they know, they get to a point where they know they hit to a certain point. If I continue to go the direction I want my life to go, and this person doesn't decide to live similar types of values, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to let that go. And a lot of times people will actually just like almost put their recovery on hold and sit in a holding pattern waiting for the person to come along. Right. Um, and you just want to be mindful of that, that you're not there yet right now. Um, but, but you will, you will be inviting her to change by continuing to do the things you're doing, sharing the things you're sharing. And and I, I think there's evidence that this is already starting to happen okay. in what you said, where she's now coming back and saying, just because she's not doing something formal, doesn't mean there's some things not shifting. She's saying, I want to get into like the things that I used to love again. Yes. That sounds to me like recovery work. Yeah. Um, she, she did a full disclosure to you. She did. About, yeah. about her meth use. That's huge. Yep. That's massive. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so she may not be doing things formally yet the way that you're doing them. And she would probably really, really benefit from doing some formal things. Oh, I, I absolutely believe that. Right. But it, it sounds like you're seeing some things there that are also saying there's some softening, there's some work, there's some openness. Like she just, she's starting to even become open to therapy now, even though she's scared of like this one particular aspect of it, which again, don't blame her given her experience. You know, I'd probably have a little bit of aversion too, if I got let go of from a long time work thing, because I had certain opinions about my health, right? Like, you know, you don't blame her for feeling that way. Absolutely. Um, And so go ahead, Brenna. Well, I just think, Tyler, when you talk about the system, uh, this is where couples get it wrong a lot of the times is they they go to couples therapy or they go to their own individual therapy and they talk about their partner and and they they complain and they say, I want my partner to change. And Chadwick, I wasn't hearing you complain too much, by the way. Um, but they I want my partner to change so then we can be happy and move forward. And and I don't know what to do to support them. You know, like Chadwick, let's take cuddling as Mm -hmm. an example okay you can try to cuddle your way into into her getting into recovery like you can hold her for as much as you possibly can and give her all the oxytocin you possibly can um sounds like you need to work on on the cuddling thing so that there's intimacy anorexia sexual anorexia something there going on so when like it the best way that you support her is by you being the healthiest version of you and working your own individual recovery it really then allows her to not be triggered and traumatized by you and your addictions right. not be focused on your attachment issues um but actually to be a partner who can be very empathetic hold space grounded masculine strong safe so then she can walk through this process. So let's take cuddling for a minute. You wake up in the morning and you think, I don't want to cuddle. I just want to leave. <laughs> um, 
I want you to stop for a minute and say, okay, for, for me and my recovery, what am I avoiding? Um, you know, why would this be healthy for me to step in? Right. And would it be intimacy, right? Would it, would it be healthy for me to create some intimacy? The question I don't want you asking is I should prop or the thought is I should probably go cuddle because I should, because it's what's good for her. And I want her to like get into recovery Mm-hmm. And she's broken, and so I'll go cuddle her. Right, right. Do, do you see the the difference there? I do. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm fully aware of that too. And that's one thing that's shifted in the past few months too. Is because she's sleeping in a separate room. We haven't really cuddled, but um, we've been hugging more often. Okay. Um, I've been waking her up every morning, and we've been having coffee together and, and talking about certain things in the morning before I go off to work. Um. I mean, well, Chadwick, why, yeah. why, why are you doing those things? I'm doing those things because those were always things that were important to me because I'm aware now that those for both of us, that's a love language. Okay. And because I'm in my recovery now, I don't feel a need to run away and hide from that. I want to spend that time with her. I want to see her in the morning and talk with her in the morning and just spend that time together, whether it's discussing something serious or having a laugh together. And she appreciates that because there are a few times months back where I would go to work. And then she sent me a text. She's like, Oh, you don't say goodbye anymore. She, she kind of wanted that too. And and so did I. And so that's why I've been making more bids for connection as has she, she's like, she's been making way more bids for connection than I have. she's, she's been way more open and vulnerable, even though we're both introverts, she's able to share feelings and share vulnerably way more than I ever have. And there's been a few times in the last few weeks where she actually let me lay down in the bed with her. And we watched this television series series she likes on her laptop and stuff like that. But I still notice she can only take like maybe three, four, five hours with me. And then she tells me that she needs her space. And I, accept that. And I tell her that's okay. I don't need to feel bad about that. I, I totally understand that. Okay. Excellent. Um, it sounds like as long as your intention isn't doing those things to try to fix her, but from a, a real genuine place where your heart's out of, I love her and I want to connect to her and I want to create intimacy with her. Um, and then I, and that the story at the end is, is awesome where it's, I need my space. I have a boundary and you're willing to hear that and not take it personally. And you can yeah. deal with that on your own. Yeah. That's awesome. I think, I think that's the sign, Brandon, that, that this, this example that you just gave Chad is probably coming from the right place is, is that when she did come back to you, you didn't take it personally and go away and be like, Oh my gosh, like now all is lost or she still doesn't love me or it's never going to be enough. You just were like, okay, that's all she could tolerate. And it's, probably as much as I could tolerate too, you know, like, all right, that was good work. That was good practice. Like the fact that you didn't take it personally might be some of the evidence that it was coming from the right kind of a place that Brandon's bringing up. Okay. You know, if, if you find yourself like aching and getting like, Oh man, like, Oh no, what's going to happen? Is she going to leave me again? Or I better start paying her, her car payment too, since the rent isn't enough to keep her around. Like that would, that would be a problem. Right. No, not at all. Not there. <laughs> I'm beyond that. <laughs> yeah. 
Chadwick, I'm, I'm going to say something that that you might not like, and and the the fact of the matter is, is, um, we don't have a ton of answers for you today because what you're doing is awesome, and you need to stay the course. Okay. Um, and so like it's a process. So recovery doesn't happen overnight, and right. all these little things that you're doing of respecting her boundaries, being more honest with her yourself, working your own recovery, getting down into the depths of your soul and your heart and, yeah. and doing your trauma work. You're killing it, man. Awesome. Like, yeah, you are. And, and, and you're, you're actually pretty early on in the process yes, considering, right? Yeah. but, but you're, there's movement. And okay. I, I hope you can take a step back and just recognize that, take it one day at a time, rinse and repeat keep it going. And, um, hopefully, hopefully you'll start to really experience the outcomes that you're looking for. Right on. I appreciate that. My therapist said the same thing too, because rather than just going to therapy and looking at a therapist to fix my problems before I even started therapy, I'm like, you know, I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to read everything I can about trauma and addiction and watch YouTube videos and listen to podcasts on it and stuff like that too. I'm like, I'm not going to waste any time looking for someone to fix my problem. I'm going to buckle down and get it done. Even my therapist is like, Chad, look how far you've come in like four or five months where a lot of people will struggle in that situation for a year, if not more. You know, You're the and, type of client me and Tyler love to have. I was just saying, we're, we're both, we're both jealous, man. Like you're the kind of guy we like to work with. So, because, and the reason why is because you've got what we call, you know, you're, you're internally motivated. You're looking at things on, I want to improve my own life. I don't need my arm twisted right now. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to take accountability. I want to develop. Like, it's like any therapist you go to is going to look at you. And when we look at stages of change, go, he's in the middle of the action part of change. Right. And and it, the hard part is, is that you just want to make sure that you're keeping your focus on how you define success in your changes on the right places. Okay. And the, and the focus, the focus needs to be, it's the focus needs to not be on the outcomes of anybody else. Yeah. Right. The focus, no focus doesn't even need to be on your total outcomes. It okay. needs to be on your inputs. Okay. On the things that you're putting into your life to create the life that you want to live. And if you look at yourself every day and you can give an honest assessment most days of the effort you put in with the level of energy that you had. And if those things line up, you're in process. That's success today. Okay. If you're if you're a girlfriend, you know, or I guess common law spouse or, you know, yeah. your fiance, if, if she leaves you tomorrow, yeah. but you put everything in the tank the way you, the best way you knew how today. Mm -hmm you still win today in the big picture of recovery, even though you're going to go through grief, loss, pain, everything else. Heaven, heaven forbid it. that were to happen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> which which I, I don't hear that actually trending that way. Okay. I, actually, I actually hear it trending slowly the way that you want it to go, but who knows, you know, you never know yeah. how that's going to work that's out. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. But the measuring stick is your heart putting your effort in. And if you gave it today, you win today. Okay. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Uh, I'll even add to, um, in our recovery process over the last two weeks, um, I, uh, I initiated sex twice, like, cause in the past, like four months, we've maybe had sex twice. Um, before that it was, you know, roughly six months just because of, again, our trauma and the two times that we did have sex, she initiated 
which I know has always been the issue and upset her. But rather than hesitate and say, oh, I'm, I'm too tired or I don't feel like it, I'm immediately like, oh yeah, let's go. Um, and, and it was great. But the first time we did it, she did come back to me a week later saying how hard it was for her to have sex because it brought up past hurts and feelings. Um, but then we had sex a second time a few weeks later and she didn't come back saying it hurt her. It, it was better. But then the past few weeks I did initiate sex twice and both times she turned me down. She's like, sorry, I just don't feel like it or I'm not in the mood for it. And she was incredibly, she felt incredibly bad for it. And I told her, it's okay. You can turn me down. It's, it's totally fine. I understand. Right. And it was just sympathetic. Like, don't feel bad for turning me down. I'm initiating, I'm thinking in my head, like I'm initiating, you've always wanted me to do this. And to tell her, don't feel bad for it. Don't feel guilty for it. It's okay. Yeah. Excellent. You know? Yeah. And, and even for New Year's too, because we're, we're separate, we kind of did our own family stuff for Christmas dinners and stuff like that. But for New Year's as well, like she was incredibly concerned what I was going to do. She didn't want me to be alone for New Year's because she was going over to her mother's house too. And she asked, like, are you okay? And I answered honestly, like, yes and no. My heart is still really hurting. Uh, we both ended up crying and talking about some other things too. And she's like, if you want, you can come to my mom's. And I'm like... I really appreciate that, but you know, I can always go to a friend's house or my mom's house or my parents' house. I, I don't want you to feel obligated to invite me because you feel pressured or, or, you know, you feel bad for me and stuff like that. If it's going to be an uncomfortable situation, she's like, no, no, no. I want you to come. And, you know, we had a great time new year's at her mom's house. Nice. We were clinging on to each other. We were talking to everyone too. You know, it, it was a good time, but I made sure like, I don't want her to feel like she has to invite me to those things or initiate sex because she feels obligated or she feels bad for me, you know, like initiating sex out of obligation or pressure is not going to be good. And I made that clear for her. Like if we're both in a health, healthy space to do these kinds of things and let's do them. It's really good work. Isn't, isn't that good stuff? Tyler? <laughs> yeah. It's really good work. You know, the, the only the only thing that I hear that I would want to ferret out a little bit in what you're doing okay. is because everything you're saying is, is like, man, like, well done. You're standing in your masculinity. You're standing in your sense of purpose. You're allowing room for her to be your own individual. You're being your own individual. All that stuff is really, really good. The only place that I would like maybe want to look at on the back end is do you have a tendency to almost self-deprecate like like almost apologize to your friends when they say they want to hang out to you. And you're like, well, well, only if it's okay for you. Like, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to get in your way. Like, you know, does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I used to have that issue, but not so much anymore. Okay. You know, I've been working on that too. Cause that was another one of my problems is I was so over the years as a teenager and stuff, I was so hard on myself and never thought I was good enough or inadequate that like, I wouldn't even be able to accept compliments from people, but I've been working on that. And now I can, you know, accept the compliment with, with gratitude and being humble. Okay, good. So, so, so sometimes it packages itself up a little bit, and this is maybe more for our listeners than maybe your particular situation, but sometimes we almost look like we're being like, it's almost like playing the martyr a little bit instead of like actually being real strength, you know? But so like when she, she returns you down for sex and you're like, yes. no, that's totally okay. Honestly, it's all right for you to have your feelings. I'm not going to, I'm still going to pursue you. That's, that's a different kind of energy than 
like the energy of like, okay, well, I, I wasn't like really expecting it. Any, it's like, it's like Brad Paisley's like song. If you listen to any country music, me neither. You ever heard that song? Yep. And he like approaches a girl and asks her if she wants to dance. And then she turns him down. He's like, oh, me neither. I was just being polite, you know, like, you know, like, whatever. Right. it's like, as long as you're not doing the me neither thing that Brad Paisley talks about, you're probably in pretty good shape. Okay. No, I'm not doing that at all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. and, and real strength is this real strength is um, like, I think we get it wrong sometimes. Like if I initiate sex with my wife and I'm disappointed because she turns me down, um, that doesn't mean that I don't have strength. I can, I can be disappointed. Yeah. I'm hurt that like, dang it. Like I'm yes. frustrated. I'm, I'm sad or whatever, but the real strength is this, is I know how to deal with that pain, that disappointment on my own. I can pick myself up. I can deal with it. So I, I could be honest with her and say, yeah, I'm disappointed and it's okay, honey. It's okay. Like it really yeah. is okay. And her strength will come when she says, okay, I can allow him to be disappointed and I don't need to feel pressure and take that on or whatever. He can right. go sit in his disappointment and I can be comfortable with him dealing with himself and his disappointment. Yes. And because I was honest with him, which I want her to be honest with me. Mm -hmm. And I want to be honest back about how I feel, but also regulate myself. That's, that's strength. Right. And, okay. and there's trust in the relationship when both partners can see that. So that if, you know, you go to her, she turns you down and, and you go, I'm a little disappointed, but I'm also like, okay, I know how to cope with this. It's a, it's a fine thing. And she can trust you to know that you'll cope with it. Mm -hmm. And then she can allow herself to still be honest with you. And you trust that she's being honest with you. There's trust being reestablished right there. Yeah. Okay. Even if it's painful, there's still trust being established. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Chad, we're kind of going in all, all kinds of directions here now. <laughs> I just, I want to thank you for coming on, being vulnerable, sharing your story. I feel like we've scratched the surface, but I also appreciate your example of, um, of, of being in the process of recovery, um, of, of kind of showing our audience what that process is and, an example of internal motivation. I really appreciate you um, showing that because it's real. Like, and when you have it, recovery actually works. So thank you yeah. for that. Yeah. So I actually think this, this episode has a lot of nuggets of really good content, but maybe the best thing that this episode offers is the feeling that you brought Chad with your desire to want to be doing your work. So, so thank you for, for bringing your heart today. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys. I was, I'm very happy to share and, you know, I hope this, this helps someone out there. Yeah. Hopefully you get something from it too, when you go back and listen to it. So absolutely. And, um, yeah. you know, like uh, I knew you guys might not have a bunch of answers for me because of the progress I've made. But like I said, because we both had addictions and trauma, I didn't know if there's some golden nugget that you guys could have offered. So, you know, I'm glad we were able to discuss this and, and work through it and you give your advice and me be able to share this with all the listeners. Awesome. Um, you guys, I want, I just want to say if, uh, if Chad has helped you today, then uh, don't be shy to hop on, uh, leave a review. You can mention this episode and just thank him. So, uh, thanks for listening to you guys. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you later.